0: It's an honor to be with you today. Uh, It's even uh, a greater honor to uh, be before the Lord, uh, to worship and praise His name, to know of His uh, good graces for our lives. It's good to be in uh, worship of our God. I am uh, not a very good golfer. In fact, I really stink at golf, and it's not for lack of trying. I just want you to know. I have even uh, taken a few lessons. I have a good friend. Who some years ago had taken interest in me and helping me become uh, a better golfer. And I think that he even became discouraged, and he's a pretty patient guy. I'm the, in that typical golf scramble. I'm your consummate D player. I try not to get upset about that. I just keep telling myself, it's just a game. It's just a game. After all, it's just a game. My friend would always tell me a couple of things. He would say, keep your eye on the ball and be sure to follow through. Keep your eye on the ball, be sure to follow through. Today, we encounter someone who is famous for keeping his eye on the ball and even more so famous for following through. Nehemiah just didn't talk about what needed to be done, he, he actually set about doing it. We talked the past few weeks about Nehemiah leading the people of Jerusalem and the rebuilding of the wall around Jerusalem. He would not be deterred in seeing that project through. Today we read a couple of passages from uh, Nehemiah 6 and then a, another from Nehemiah 7 those two passages show the sort of follow-through that Nehemiah had in making sure that the wall around Jerusalem was completed. So, let's read those couple of passages. First, from Nehemiah 6, verses 15 and 16, and then Nehemiah 7, verses 1 through 3. Let's uh, hear this from God's Word. So, the wall was completed on the 25th of Elul, in 52 days, when all our enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence because they realized that this work had been done with the help of our God. And then this passage from Nehemiah 7, after the wall had been built and I had set the doors in place, the gatekeepers, the musicians, and the Levites were appointed. I put in charge of Jerusalem my brother Hanani, along with Hananab, the commander of the citadel, because he was a man of integrity and feared God more than most people do. I said to them, the gates of Jerusalem are not to be opened until the sun is hot. While the gatekeepers are still on duty, have them shut the doors and bar them. Also appoint residents of Jerusalem as guards, some at their post and some near their own houses. This is God's word. May it be a deep and abiding blessing to each of us, not only as we hear this word read, but as we uh, make effort now to take our lives and apply them to this word. Now, it won't be long, believe it or not, that we'll be back in the sanctuary We're now pointing towards Sunday, August the 21st, with Homecoming Sunday, August 28th, being the latest day that we will be getting in. Now, it's it's interesting that the Scripture reports that the rebuild of the entire wall around Jerusalem took uh, place in a miraculous 52 days. We're going to beat that, but not by a whole lot. (laughs) Regarding the wall around Jerusalem, the work um, had been done with the help of God. Scripture is quite clear about that. I assert that the same is true for the renovation of our chancel. Uh, It has been done through the help of God. This summer, we have come to know Nehemiah as as a great leader who, by constant prayer, hard work, and an indomitable spirit, set about rebuilding the wall around Jerusalem. His homeland had been conquered years earlier by the Babylonians who who carried the people off to exile in that foreign land. Eventually, the people were released by the Persian king, Artaxerxes. If you remember, uh, Nehemiah was so bold as to go before the king and to ask for permission to return to Jerusalem and strike out on that great building project of restoring the wall Around Jerusalem. He had heard that things were in total shambles. It it would have been easy for Nehemiah to have just stayed in Persia. He had a pretty good gig there serving the king. That was not his nature, though. You see, leaders shun what's comfortable for the sake of tending to what needs to be done. Not so much the comfortable— but what needs to be done. Nehemiah rallied the people. He did that in a a great way, and it's inspiring to hear about the ways that Nehemiah rallied the people, and everybody came around him in this great project. They all worked together, restoring the wall around Jerusalem, which in turn did a couple of things. One, it revitalized their faith. It also uh, renewed their pride in their homeland. The wall would provide a necessary defense for, uh, to, to stand against any enemies that would try to overthrow them, and, and that sort of thing was, was always a threat for the, the children of God. It was those enemies, those enemies that were always that threat that noticed first the hand of God that was involved in the rebuild of that wall. Hear uh, here what uh, is written in, in Nehemiah 6.16. Nehemiah writes, when, when all our enemies heard about this, and he's talking about the, the completion of the wall, all the surrounding nations were afraid. They lost their self-confidence because they realized that this work had been done with the help of God. It had only been accomplished with the help of God. God did a great thing through Nehemiah, who then rallied the the people to get things done. They would not be denied. They were convinced that they were doing the Lord's bidding, and in fact, that was exactly what they were doing. They were doing what God wanted them to do. Nehemiah and those who followed him kept their eye on the ball, and they followed through. You know Larry, the the cable guy. We we talked about him a couple of weeks ago. He was the one that that championed the phrase "get her done." Larry and Nehemiah would have gotten along well in that regard. Just get her done. We've all been acquainted for years with the the famous Nike swoosh. We 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 know that Nike is quick to remind us about their they're sort of, brand, if you will, just, just do it. When it comes to exercise, it's not enough just to talk about it or to think about it. You need to just do it. That's certainly the case when it comes to, to other things in life, particularly those things that you sense God calling you to do. When it comes to follow through, just thinking about it won't cut it. Being well-intentioned Will not either. Follow through is a matter of getting after it. Nehemiah did that, standing fast in God and in what he was convinced that God wanted done. Nehemiah got others involved. We we talked about that some some weeks ago. He he even divided up the work so that nobody was overwhelmed. Nehemiah didn't care who got the credit, save for God. Nehemiah was all about keeping his eye on the ball and following through. He was convinced that what he and the citizens of Judah were doing was the right thing. He, uh, he pictured the benefits of what a completed wall would look, what, look like and, and what benefits it would bring to the citizens of Ju- Judah, and in particular, Jerusalem. He, he didn't just talk about rebuilding the wall. He actually worked to get that accomplished. Proverbs 14.23 states, All hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. It's the hard work around things, the, the hard work that brings the completion of things that, that makes the difference. Above all things, Nehemiah, interestingly, avoided avoidance. Every one of us are guilty of uh, of this syndrome, of the the yes, but syndrome, where we are seemingly all in on something, but are quick to find some excuse for not following through. We'll say to ourselves, yeah, I need to do this, but, but this is just something that keeps me from doing it and whatever that something is there's always an excuse that uh, that comes to the fore in attempting to follow through we'd all do well to keep our eye on the ball we'd all do well to resist the sort of thinking that that uh, that that just gives us the 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 direction of being of being scattered of of just talking about things and thinking about things and, and not really going ahead and doing something about them. We'd all do well to shy away from lame excuses that, that, that abound when, again, things really need to get done. we do well to stay the course on what is right. And it's important that, that what we're about are things that are right. We'd all do well to picture the benefits of what we're attempting to do. Have that in our mind-eye, and then be excited about what uh, the residual will be on those things that we're we're a part of. You remember a few weeks back, as we talked about Nehemiah, there was some opposition that brewed. There were three three guys that gave Nehemiah fits. Those guys were Sanballat, the Horonite, Tobiah, the Ammonite, and and Geshem, the the Arab. Well, these three guys resurface again in Nehemiah 6. Their every desire was to undermine what Nehemiah and the people were trying to do. First, they tried to unsettle the people. They they really uh, honed in hard on what The the people were doing and tried to to get them off the the things that they were doing. And then he turned on Nehemiah and he would not be swayed. Nehemiah was bound and determined to follow through on what God wanted him to do. When the appeal came from Sambalot, Tobiah, and Geshem to simply sit down and talk, Nehemiah would not even give them the time of day. He stayed at what he was doing. He he writes this, "I, I carried on a great work. I cannot stop and meet with you. Nehemiah was one of those that looked neither to the left nor to the right. He was riveted on the task at hand. He would follow through come what may. Nehemiah knew that if he, he kowtowed to his three detractors, he would lose all integrity with the people. In the end, that's where it, it begins and ends when it, when it comes to leadership. Integrity is, is critical when it comes to staying the course. This is a lesson in leadership that, that all of us would do well to learn. Those who stay the course are people of integrity. When they say they're going to do something, they go ahead and do it. They make what they commit to a priority, even though they could uh, use the excuse, well, I don't have the time. I don't have the energy to do what's going on, what they committed to do. When it comes down to it, following through is a matter of, of finding time. Sometimes uh, we need to find time on the margins. Every one of us are busy. All of us have uh, full calendars. There's a lot that's going on. And sometimes when it, when it comes to, to really following through on things, you, you've got to find times on the margins of those sort of things in order to, to really get things accomplished. I found that the right use of time is a matter of stewardship. We are all given the same amount of time each and every day. The question is this, how are we going to use the the time that is given to us? The right use of time means resisting the the tyranny of the urgent. You know, things that are urgent seem to always be coming our way. They, They always masquerade as being very, very important. The urgent is not always important. We need to keep our eye on the ball and find ourselves following through on the things that are really important. So the question comes to each and every one of us, how are you using the time that God has given you? Let me suggest following through on on some things, some things that really will pay tremendous dividends for your spiritual life, which then pays tremendous dividend in regard to the entirety of your life. How about following through on studying the Bible on a regular basis? How about praying so that you might become rightly connected to God? How about loving those around you, even when it's tough to do that? How about serving as God leads, listening for the leadership of God and acting upon that leadership as a matter of service? How about offering a good word about Christ to those who so desperately need to hear that word? Seems that we're uh, always putting that sort of thing off. There's never enough enough time to, to really... Uh, uh, offer a good word about Jesus to those that, uh, that are around us. Maybe you've had a burden for, for some person and, and you just kind of keep putting it off rather than following through. Take the time to offer that witness. And then most importantly, how about finding a time, the time, of making good on your commitment to follow God? to make that the the number one goal of your life when it comes to following through, making good on your commitment to follow God. The first job I ever had was with the Southeast YMCA over in Butchel, And the first job that they ever gave me to do was to clear the weeds around the perimeter of that property. And I remember it like it was yesterday. It was a hot Saturday afternoon, and all I had in the way of tools was a a sling blade and a rake. I thought I would never get done. I worked a a little bit with little progress, and I found myself really quite discouraged. That happens sometimes when when you start a big project. I worked a little bit more, and I thought I would quit. I kept at it, though, until I finished, and I was proud that I followed through. I learned a lot that day about follow-through, and I've tried to be good about that that sort of thing ever since. Following through. When I think of follow-through, I don't think so much about my, my own efforts or even the efforts of a guy like Nehemiah, as inspiring as they are. When I think about follow-through, I think about Jesus in the profound ways that that he followed through. You know, if you think about it, Jesus persevered even to the cross. The shadow of the cross loomed large for Jesus all along, all through his life, but particularly it it, it loomed large, it weighed heavy near the end of his life. As you know, Jesus struggled in the, uh, the Garden of Gethsemane He even prayed, God, if it's your will, let this cup pass. But it was not to be. Jesus remained resolute in staying true to God's will for his life. It was the the very thing that allowed Jesus to follow through, which, as we know, gives you and me the opportunity to share in the new life that God wants us to share in Jesus Christ. So we celebrate Jesus today, just like Ashley said earlier. We celebrate Jesus around this table. We, we do that pointedly, concertedly. We, we, we seek in this table really to keep our eye on the ball, if you will, to keep our focus and attention upon Christ. We contemplate um, His follow-through, if you will. We contemplate what, what God did through Christ on the cross we celebrate the fact that it, indeed he did keep the eye on the ball of God's will for his life. if anything that's that's what Jesus did and he did that perfectly from beginning all the way to end and leading to his triumphant resurrection from the dead. I find it an honor to come around this table to contemplate the great thing that God has done. We consider what Jesus did on the cross, and how His follow-through affects our lives. It doesn't just affect them, but turns them, transforms them, makes them whole and complete in every way, all because Jesus followed through to make good on God's intentions, God's will for His life. And so we come today around this table and we share in the common elements of of bread and cup, but we are drawn to Christ. In fact, we celebrate the real presence of Christ. And in that, we, um, we find ourselves connected with one who followed through to the end that we might have life to this day. May God bless us all. Ashley?